The Barra Media Podcast Network is proud to have United Harvest as our presenting sponsor. Founded by farmers and ranchers, United Harvest brings the finest meats directly to your door via the internet and overnight delivery. United Harvest pays qualifying ranchers more than 75% above market prices to procure their top cattle. Owning their own butcher shop, cuts are carefully crafted, vacuum sealed, and flash frozen for ultimate freshness after a 14-day wet-age process. Unique to United Harvest is that their grass-raised cattle are finished on cold potatoes, creating an amazing buttery flavor that is unmatched. I'm going off script here. I have this stuff. Very, very good. Back on script now. In addition to premium cattle, many with Krebs Ranch genetics, shout out Cattle Pro, shout out Jake Scott, United Harvest offers Hooterite pork, raised by whole communities committed to pork excellence up in Canada, Anderson Ranch's grass-fed Oregon lamb, and Masami Japanese American Wagyu Angus Cross cattle. The Hooterite pork Tastes like it's been marinated in apple juice for a week. The lamb, it's not from New Zealand, American-made. That's all I got to say. And uh, come on, Wagyu, it's incredible. I'm offering you 15% off by typing in the discount code FRIENDS15 in the discount box. Go to unitedharvest.com today. Go to their discount box. Well, you got to buy something. Buy something, put it in the cart, go to the discount box. Put in Friends 15, 15% off, okay? I just give them a two-minute ad, okay? Very, very good company. will guarantee you will fall in love with these steaks. I don't even know how to remotely start a podcast. I don't know how to start a conversation. That's <laughs> yeah, a podcast. If I could be any celebrity, I'd be Will Winner. Please, for the love of God, if you're listening to this and you still tuck your jeans and your boots... Reach down. Pull those bad boys out, all right? We're done with that. We're done with that. I am 97 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Next! I should have brought my recorder. I could have played hot cross buns. Is that illegal? <laughs> when our two moms listen to this podcast, they're going to be like... Yeah, our two moms. They're going to be super proud of us. Welcome <laughs> to the Keeper Pen. <laughs> Um, back. I don't want to say it, Gemma. Can you say it? Hookers? Yeah. I know. I have, I've been trying not to like, like when we did Blaine Arthur, you know, like the secretary. <laughs> I didn't say it because like, <laughs> he's a big deal. And I'm like, was like, I'm not going to cuss or not really cuss, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, welcome back. All of you. We're so happy to have you back this week. Hopefully you've returned. And if not, you're going to miss out. Because we have an incredible guest this week. She's a fellow ginger of mine. So, of course, I had to have her on. I know. And <laughs> yeah, so, and I've always really just looked up to her. She's always been super encouraging and just like one of those people, no matter if you see her in person or online, that is always super supportive of everyone. And I just, I think that that's pretty badass in itself. So, this week, I would like to welcome. Melissa Shockey. We'll first start off and have her tell you a little bit about herself growing up and we'll sort of start there and then move on. Awesome. Thank you girls so much for having me. I am a loyal listener. You guys keep life entertaining on the road, especially during fall sales season. And 
it's such a huge honor to be featured along these other amazing women that you guys have featured in this segment. So Melissa Grimmel-Shockey, um, I'm originally from Jarrettsville, Maryland, and am the fifth generation of our family farm. Um, I have four sisters and we are called, I guess, the Grimmel Girls and our first generation Hereford breeders. Um, like many of you listening, participated in 4-H and junior show programs. Um, we definitely got our booties kicked and stood at the very bottom of our classes for the longest time. And uh, I didn't begin seeing any success in the show ring until about later in my high school days. And uh, for the longest time, just having the opportunity to attend a major show was our overall goal. But uh, in high school, I was super artistic, loved to draw and paint. Um, actually had an opportunity to attend an art school in New York City, but decided that I wanted to pursue the path toward agriculture. Um, tend to K-State alongside, I guess, a rich history of prominent Herford breeders who also attended, including the Mullinexes, Colliers, Hoffmans, uh, Perez, Jensen. So it's really a big, uh, rich history um, at K-State within the Herford breed. So uh, went there, dual majored in ag common animal science. Uh, October of my freshman year, I met this Kansas cowboy named Shane. And uh, without like any intentions of even wanting a boyfriend, uh, we just met and uh, dated all through college. And uh, I graduated in May 2016 and we got married. And now we have two dog kids named Sage and Sky. Uh, they're two Australian shepherds and are basically our world. Um, but uh, we now reside in Manhattan, Kansas and help Shane's family with their cattle operation at Shockey Farms. Uh, we both serve fairly large roles there um, just in daily tasks of cattle management and helping them promote and market their genetics. And uh, so I am a whopping 20 hours west of my family's farm in Maryland, but I remain pretty involved there still at Grimmel Girl Show Cattle where we continue to breed and raise Hereford cattle and sell them across the country. And, uh, you know, I very rarely sit, I'm always on the run and that's just my personality, but I always say it keeps me out of trouble. So I love that. And I think that this is something that everyone needs to hear that you're doing great at. You can have the best of both worlds. You can have a husband, a boyfriend, be involved in something like that, but still be involved uh, back home. I'm a big uh, advocate for that. And just that you can, you don't always have to pick something. You know, I know that that was probably hard being 20 hours away from your house and your home and oh yeah, cows and, and making those decisions. But like life's too short to not just do what makes you happy and like finding a balance between things that you love and things that you're passionate about is so important. Oh yeah, you're exactly right. And be if it wasn't for him, I would not be able to survive out here. My uh, the Grimmel family is super super tight knit, um, and uh, I definitely miss home quite often. But I always say that's why they make airplanes. You hop on and you go home. And you know, whenever I get homesick, he pushes me and says, "Hey, go home for a long weekend or a week. I got the cattle back here." And uh, luckily he's allowed me to have some red and white cattle running around Shockey Farms. So I don't know how much it makes his family happy, but I know Shane supports that. And, uh, you know, just having him as my backbone and just, uh, having that support, even though that's not a breed he grew up in, um, it's, it's something, it's awesome. That's awesome. And I know that 
I, I can't imagine how hard it is just thinking about my family, likewise to yours, we're just very tight knit. So I know this wasn't on the agenda of ours, but can you just talk a little bit about the, you know, the struggles that you might've went through when you first moved? And I realize that maybe some people haven't moved away on such a large scale. I mean, 20 hours is a long ways. And I know you talked a little bit about it, but just the process that it took for you to get to this point to be comfortable enough to find a new place and call it your home. Oh, absolutely. So like I said, I went to K-State. And of course, when you're going to college, like everything's just so exciting. You're 18, you're finally on your own. You can do hood rat things and not get not get in trouble by with your parents. But uh no, it was um I remember telling my family, like, hey, I'm thinking about K-State. And uh my parents were like, What? <laughs> um, because they're not really involved in the show cattle aspect. And so it was kind of hard for them to understand why I would choose to go to school in the Midwest. Um, however, my sisters had a complete and total understanding and fully supported that. But, uh, you know, I had my grandparents back home. They were getting pretty old and they're basically a second set of parents to me. And so it was a really tough decision. But um, even though not everyone agreed with it, I went ahead and did it. And uh, to be honest, during college, it felt like a breeze. I mean, yeah, I got homesick, but, you know, you'd go home for a week during Thanksgiving a whole month for Christmas, all of summer. Um, and it didn't really hit me, I guess, until I guess Shane and I were, oh, probably married for a year or two. And um, I was like, it just kind of reality hits you and you're like, shit, I'm not going home. Like I live here now. And so it's, it's really hard to grasp. And, you know, I have two nieces and a nephew back home. And so it's hard to kind of sit back and see that you're missing out on a lot of things. But I'm super fortunate to talk to my family every day. Um, my sisters and I have a group text that gets blown up all day long. Um, they have, you know, we FaceTime a lot. Um, it, it's just a big eye opener. And, um, you know, you just kind of hit a point. And I guess I hit it when I was 25. And I was like, man, I'm getting old. I'm not a kid anymore. And so I'm very blessed out here though, to have Shane's family. Who's like a second family to me and just completely and totally took me under their wing and uh, kind of support what I do and uh, just make me feel right at home. So um, there's no lie in that. I definitely still get homesick and I'm sure I will forever just because um, I basically left everything I knew back home. But luckily um, I still have strong ties there and I still remain extremely involved and uh, kind of have my place. And even though I'm not physically there, I still help a lot on the marketing side and can uh, visit whenever I can. So um, it's just kind of all about adapting um, and just trying to figure out what works for you, whether it's visit home once a month or FaceTime or call a little bit more often. And uh, just having a strong family support from back home really gets me through. I love that. Cause I think that's so important and like, not, you know, luckily you're blessed. We're blessed. We have an amazing support system and not that every person listening has that, mm -hmm. but knowing that just finding your path and doing what you love, what you love and setting your goals and reaching them. Cause I mean, I know that I follow you on social media and I know you had like an outstanding year with like this one heifer last year. Correct. Team Mags, baby. Yeah, I knew her name. I knew her name was Mags. You know, you just, there's just some things that you know about people like on social media, like they have this one animal and yeah. And you, you created these goals for yourself and you did these things for yourself that 
you know, even you probably didn't know back then. So, you know, people listening, you're not always going to have a perfect story and not saying that Melissa's is always perfect, but keep grinding, keep getting where you want to go. And that's going to happen. And so, but I want to talk about like your transition out of college, like career wise, what did you do? Did you work anywhere? Did you go solely on your own business? Kind of what did that look like? Sure, you bet. And uh, just a side note with what you said, having Mags in the barn last year just really helped me get through uh, because just having that connection of her for cattle, and that's like my main linkage to home, I guess. So having her in the barn and getting to work on her all year was just awesome. And then her having a hell of a year just kind of made put the icing on the cake and the cherry on top but uh I guess going into my transition um you know going through school I never ever had a dream job um I only knew that I wanted a career that involved working with people within the cattle industry and to be honest I figured that would be something like working for a breed association of some sort um, but throughout college, I was, and Kirby worded it best, kind of a workaholic. Um, I took on a ton of jobs and internships during the school year so that I could free up my summer and go home and work on my show animals. Um, and I look back and I'm like, man, why did I work so hard? Like, you know, my friends would be going out to parties and out to the bar and I'd be just cranking out, you know, different tasks on my computer, trying to meet deadlines. But, uh, in the end, it was so worth it. Um, it was a great way for me to learn what I did and did not like to do as well as enhance my skill set. Um, freshman year, I, I purchased a camera in order to take cattle photos just for my family um, and just to, I guess, capture my travels along the way. I never, ever intended for it to be a job. Um, but Shane's family was having a female sale that fall and I think this would have been fall of 2013 and Shane's dad, if you know Scott Shockey, you know he's a complete and total tight ass, like does not like to spend a dime. Um, but he said, hey, you have a camera. Why don't you picture our sale cattle? And I refused. I told him I wasn't ready. I was like, you are freaking crazy. I've never done this before. Like your simmies are pretty nice, dude. Like take it easy. But um, of course he talked me into it. And uh I remember picturing that set and thinking, man, this is pretty darn fun. And it combines my love for art and livestock. And it just seemed like a great fit. And uh, during school, I went on to take a super basic graphic design class and uh, took it and ran with it uh, just by YouTubing tutorials um, and Googling in any way just to get better at it. Um, and it was, again, it was a great way to utilize my creative artistic abilities that I had during high school. And yeah, I could work with producers within the livestock industry. Um, one of my internships during the school year was with Ranch House Designs in Texas. Um, I worked remotely for them as a design associate and uh, was offered a full-time position to work remotely for them out of college. Um, while working for them, I was still taking photos as I guess a quote unquote side hustle um, just because after picturing Shockey's cattle, um, it was like a snowball effect. I just kind of had more and more people ask, hey, I saw you took these. They look great. Can you take pictures of my animals? And so basically I could only book photo sessions during the weekend since I was working for a ranch house on the weekdays. And um, 
I guess it would have been summer of 2018. I realized I had already booked solid for the fall and I had to make a decision whether or not to kind of max out there and not take on any new sessions or to resign from Ranch House and I guess go, go ahead and grow my photography business. So I was also reaching a point where I was sitting in front of a computer designing, you know, nine to five each and every day. So getting a little burnt with that. And I uh, figured possibly pursuing Melissa photography full time would be good. However, you know, trying to get that pen to pencil out to cover rent and a car payment and utilities and support my addiction for buying cattle <laughs> was pretty hard. Um, and I was essentially leaving a salary job where I had a check deposited into my account every other week um, and kind of shifting to the unknown of, man, would I have enough money to cover my living expenses? And, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, I knew that there are a ton of incredibly talented photographers in the business who have done it so much longer than me. And uh to, I guess, lack of a better word, um, I didn't want to be a girl who just bought a camera and called herself a livestock photographer. I really wanted to focus on building my credibility and uh, gaining respect from producers within the industry. And so I just, I really struggle with this decision because I never dreamed of being a business owner and I enjoyed working for others and learning from them and wasn't sure I could handle being a business owner along with helping with our cattle operations. So going back to my husband, Shane, he was one of the biggest supporters in this decision. And we agreed that if this whole photography, I guess, venture was a huge bust, I could always pick up a waitressing job or work at the local Menards or Walmart and uh, start applying for new jobs at the first of the year. So um you know, I asked multiple people about the decision. Um, some people pushed me and said to go for it. Others said, you're absolutely crazy and don't do it. My dad being one of them. And that was kind of a hard pill to swallow because uh, I go to him for a lot of advice and he's a pretty good businessman himself. But regardless, I just went for it. And uh, all I can say is when you feel it in your heart, you just go for it. So I uh, resigned from my nine to five on good terms. And this next step in my life, I can only explain as jumping off a cliff. Uh, I was terrified and so nervous. And uh, believe it or not, when I posted on Facebook announcing that I was making Melissa Photography a full-time, I guess, job, right after I made that post, I ran to the bathroom and threw up because I was so nervous. However, uh, the response from the industry was phenomenal and I received amazing feedback and filled up incredibly fast that fall and later on added design services to my business as it meshes super well with photography side of things and uh, enabled me to better serve my clients. Jenna, you have goosebumps? Yeah, I was literally like, <laughs> dweebus sitting at my kitchen table that I bought on Facebook marketplace. Cause I'm like nodding and I'm like smiling and no one's here. And I'm like, what the they're probably like, <laughs> the ghosts in this house and the little freaking lizards that Texas has are probably like, what the hell is she doing? No, I am. So that is awesome. But even something that I think that just in this, this season that has been reiterated by some of the most, and I hope everyone's listened to the season and listened to everything that's being reiterated by some of the top people okay, guys, is you are never above any job. When you said that you would go to be a waitress, go to Menards, like just knowing that like, we're not 
too good for anything, I think is so refreshing and so humbling because we're not. And we get these ideas, you know, even me, I'm like, I want to work for this job and I want to do make this much money, but like, that's probably not going to happen. So I'm like, kudos to you because for being like, I'm going to do this. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to cover my ass. But if not, then, you know, you're never too good for anything. Many of you know the difference between farm-raised and store-bought meat. Many of you know the difference. Everybody knows this difference. By offering the highest quality ag products directly to consumers, United Harvest is able to both bypass middlemen, pushing profits back to the American farmer and rancher, and providing the highest quality meats to you. No coal cows here. Please go to unitedharvest.com, type in the discount code FRIENDS15, and enjoy 15% off your first order. Yeah, thank you. And I think, you know, us in agri rate kind of race to be like that. Like, yeah, we have our goals and our dreams, but, and, you know, sometimes it's a risk to do it, but we aren't willing to get our hands a little dirty to make it happen or just to kind of come up with a plan to fall back on no matter how little it is. But I mean, that's always been my mentality. Like if you know, I need to fall back on that. You know, people need those Menards people and people need the cashiers of Walmart. So, you know, no matter what happens in life, you can have a plan B. It may not be the one you want, but eventually you'll get to your goal and reach your dreams and everything like that. But it just may not be the exact path that you want it to be. Right. And I guess this question is sort of on the same lines of what we just talked about, but when you transitioned from working that nine to five, and I get, uh, I understand the position, the work that you do isn't a nine to five job, no matter if that's what time your office hours are. I know that a lot more goes into it than that. So in a position like that, how do you balance your work and your home life? Oh, yeah. So this was definitely something that I learned through trial and error. Um, I feel like there are huge misconceptions of being a business owner or a boss babe, especially on Instagram, um, because I follow these pages and you constantly see empowering quotes and, you know, some may think it's the perfect life and nothing goes wrong um, and it's super flexible, which there are great things about it. However, it can be super misleading. Um, because when I went full time a couple months in, I realized, holy shit, maybe I'm not cut out for this type of lifestyle. And, um, because not only did I have to balance my actual job as a photographer and a graphic designer, but I'm also my own secretary and have to answer emails and phone calls and text messages and handle accounting and billing and social media and website management and, meeting these strict ass print and sale photo deadlines during sales season and everything like that. Um, Pulling all nighters, driving to my next location for a photo session. So for me, it was mentally and physically exhausting and got to a point where it was unhealthy. And um, I'm an extremely independent person. (laughs) I always tell Shane sometimes, cause he like, he is not, he's pretty dependent and he will kill me for saying that, but I sometimes say I'm like too independent for marriage, even because I just kind of go, I don't need to text him all day and everything like that. But, um, I reached a point where I needed to ask for help and reach out to others for advice and just to talk. And also, um, I ended up asking someone and hiring them on to help video edit. And, um, I quickly learned that asking for help and also learning to say no, 
Um, if you can't make something work is totally okay. Um, my dad's a grain farmer and my mom's a hospice nurse. So it's in my blood to want to help everybody. But my goal for 2020 was to learn how to say the word no, because last fall I literally just wore myself out. And, um, you know, there, even though you're so passionate about something, you can get a little bit burnt out in a hurry. And um, to balance everything, I've done my best to take off on Sundays um, and to not book sessions and, uh, you know, not do design work or answer emails. Now that's pretty darn hard during sales season. Um, but I still try to do that the best I can, just so I can just like have a day, even if it's like building fence or rinsing cattle and just a day to myself, like a mental health day, really. But, you know, there was a time and I still feel like sometimes I'm a terrible wife and, uh, you know, we eat frozen pizzas all the time. Um, and I'm always trying to run around and take care of everyone. And, uh, at the end of the day, like I have a great support system, uh, to get me through, um, and, uh, you know, they take care of me, they call me and they'll take care of the cattle when I'm on the road, but I won't lie. Yes. I love being a business owner. Once I kind of found a happy medium and how to juggle everything, but there are days where I do miss my nine to five, um, because at five o'clock I could go to the barn, I could come home and cook dinner and I could clean and kind of shut down for the night, but um, especially during sales season right now, you know, I'll wake up at 6am and there's a lot of nights where I'm up till 2am editing sale photos and videos and just trying to kind of crank everything out. So, um, you know, I'm always learning and having to adapt to balance everything. Um, but just reaching out to other individuals within the industry has been super helpful just to kind of get some advice and uh, try to get better every day. I am totally like you. And I think Maddie is too, in a sense, like we got, we're just going to do it on our own. Like we don't need anyone else. We like, no, I just, I'll just figure it out. I'll do it by myself. And then all of a sudden you're like overwhelmed. And it's like those once every six month, like breakdowns. That's what I do at least. Like I, I'll hold everything in. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I need to say no. I need to be more, more vulnerable. Like I need help. Um, and so like, I think that that's another thing too, that like, women especially in college and just out of college like trying to hustle trying to grind it's like we just don't say no at all um to anything and you need to say no you need to put your mental health oh exactly and like oh I wish that I remembered the quote because there was a really good quote just talking about how your rest period and giving yourself a break is just as important as the hustle and I am I've become such a believer in that because when I was worn out, like I knew I wasn't providing my best work. And so I got to the point where I learned how to take Sundays off and just to kind of recuperate because no matter how independent you are, no matter your work ethic, you've got to rest a little bit and just kind of have those, those days to yourself. No, that's exactly right. Like in, and even if you're trying to, you're to hustle and grind and you're wearing yourself out you're like nine times out of 10 lapsing in failing and other like aspects of your life that are helping you hustle mm-hmm. and grind too. At least that's what's for me. You know, I'd always Absolutely. focus on a goal and then all of a sudden the relationships in my life were failing. And then it was like, Oh God, need to back up, need to prioritize. You can balance everything. And like I said earlier, just the best of both worlds, but I want to go back kind of back to your just design stuff. So like, I am so uncreative, like I make like noodle art in elementary school. And that was like the extent I cannot, 
do that. I can market something, but I can't, I can't use Photoshop. I've tried. It doesn't work. So like talk about like when you sit down and just your creative mind and like different things, you don't have to go into like your secrets or whatever, but just stuff that you like to do, or how do you think about an ad for sale, stuff like that? Oh girl, you bet. And you know, there aren't really any secrets. Um, if you've ever reached out to me on social media with questions, you know that I will answer honestly and as best as I can. Cause at the end of the day, that's how you'll learn. And, uh, in my opinion, if you have the courage to ask me, um, I appreciate that. And so I'll give you, you know, all of the advice that I can, but, uh, I've always had a creative mind growing up. Um, like I said, in high school, I was super artistic. Um, and so even like when I sit down at a restaurant, looking at a menu, I'll look at the design of it before I even read the words on it. Um, and so I feel like just my view on life is way different than others. I'm a very visual person. So kind of tying that into, I guess, the live soccer ag industry, I do my best to create innovative and different designs. I look for inspiration within other industries, including, um, you know, the food industry, fashion, sports. Um, I'll get some of those magazines in the mail and thumb through them and just kind of see what they're doing within different industries um, and just kind of how I can tie that into my work. Um, and I'm not going to say copy or anything like that, but I think it's okay to be inspired in this world. And um, especially in the creative industry, I mean, let's be honest, us graphic designers in the ag world, um, our work is going to definitely be similar. Um, and uh, I think that's okay, though. Um, you know, there's that uh, a super creative graphic designer named Jace Tarbell, who um, he is stupid talented. And I see some of his work and I'm like, dude, how did you do that? And him and I talk quite often about how we do certain things in Photoshop and how we get, um, you know, do a, a setting on a piece of text and things like that. And, uh, you know, him and I collaborate a good bit. And I think, you know, I've always been a firm believer that the person next to you knows something that you don't and vice versa, you know, something that they don't. So, you know, Jason and I, even though we're serving the same exact clientele, um, we like to collaborate and learn from one another and kind of tie that back into our own work. And, um, you know, he could very well hate me because we're trying to chase the same people. But in the end, um, we know that this is a big industry and uh, there's a lot of people to serve and we couldn't do it on our own. So, you know, we each have our own styles um, and just try. we always strive to develop I guess, uh, different work sets and different products that make each individual stand out on their own. Melissa, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I actually was going to ask about thinking back to when I was a child, at least, I feel as if, I mean, I only remember like maybe two or three females that were in the creative industry, or I guess females that were taking livestock photos. And I guess, how did you work into a, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it was a pretty male dominated industry. And how did you work into that and establish the business business that you have? You're, you're exactly right. Um, the only one that I can think of that comes off the top of my head is Christy Collins, which is a huge role model of mine. And uh, <laughs> when I first started taking pictures, my father, well, I guess my boyfriend's dad at the time, my now father-in-law would call me little Christy Collins. And that was like the biggest confidence booster ever. Um, because like you said, 
you know, it was, it's super male dominated and even just the livestock industry as a whole, I feel is, and I'm not, I'm not like a feminist and I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, women have it so rough, but yeah, we do have to work a little bit harder in this industry. It's always been my goal to gain that respect from others and just to build my credibility. You know, I know that there are many, many individuals in this industry who have been doing this much, much longer than I am. Or, or I have been, and they're way more talented than I am. Um, but, you know, Brad Hook comes to mind. Um, him and I chat on Snapchat like every couple weeks and, you know, about camera equipment and videoing. And I just think that, yeah, even though that there are a lot of photographers out there, they're willing to help as long as you reach out. Um, because I know he pictures Jesus Christ way more than I do. Um, so he has a true understanding that he can't handle everyone in the United States. So luckily I feel like this industry is pretty tight knit. Um, once you kind of dive down and you get involved in it, you realize it's pretty tight knit and you can all work together just to take care of everyone, even though we're essentially serving the same clients and I guess, quote unquote, chasing the same people. But we understand that we all need to work together, especially with all of these online sales to get everyone taken care of. Um, I have worked for Heidi Anderson, Kyla Fawcett, Lindy, uh, awesome, awesome last photographers in the past. And I ha still have really close relationships and friendships with them. Um, and I, I just think that is so neat about our industry um, because I know it's not like that all the time. And I know it's not like that everywhere, but um, you know, instead of tearing one another down, like we just need to support one another and help each other because life is hard and um, you never know what people are going through. And uh, my sisters and I actually, our parents split when we were fairly young and our quote or our motto that we would always go by is behind our smiles are stories you may never understand. And uh, us Grimmel girls, we never ever like to show weakness. Um, we can be having the worst day ever and we will still plaster a smile on our face and chug along, nose to the grindstone and you would never know that something's bothering us. But um, I kind of walk through life um, and I posted a quote about it last week, God, but it's something along the lines of, you know, being the woman and role model that you needed when you were a girl. Everyone goes through shit in life, no matter the extent it can be, you know, everyone goes through stuff and it doesn't even matter how large or small it is. If you're going through shit, you need someone. And uh, I hope everyone listening knows that whether you know me or not, I'm always here if you ever need anything, whether it's to talk or just get something off your chest, because I'm blessed to have four sisters that I know that I can reach out to at any time. Um, but I know not everybody has that. And uh, I just hope that everyone knows that they're not alone, especially in this tight knit, you know, livestock community. Someone is always there for you. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll have something heavy on my shoulders and I'll just be kind of driving down the road and just saying it out loud to get it out of my body and off my shoulders feels better. But, uh, you know, if you ever need anyone, I'm here and I'm sure you girls can say the same. But uh, I think in a competitive business like this, uh, we always just need to remember, you know, everyone's going through stuff. 
Um, there's no reason to be hateful. Um, always kind of spread the love and just be a good person. I love that. Oh my God. I, I am such, that's one of my favorite quotes ever is not only just everything you said, do I stand for? And is that what Matt is? That's what Maddie and I are trying to do, but being the big girl that you wanted and that you needed as a little girl or the one that you dreamt of being. Yes. Um, I, I, I love that because if you would have told, you know, my dream when I was little was to drive a white dually and to be a vet. And I don't do any of that. I'm <laughs> not going to, but I'm doing things that like little me would never have even imagined could happen. And so I think that that's so awesome. And, and you don't have to please everyone else in your life, but if you're pleasing the little girl that you used to be, then you're doing something. Uh, Melissa had me crying and I, I knew you were gonna cry. cry. And now you've got me and now you've got me crying laughing. A white <laughs> I wanted a white or dually so bad. You have no idea. Ask my mom. That was like my goal. I was gonna go to U of I, I was gonna be a vet, and I was gonna drive a white or dually. And my stuffed animals. Yeah, they're you're okay, sister. <laughs> oh my god, leave it to Jenna to tell me this information. <laughs> You know, oh my you know my stuffed animal squealer wheeler. Oh yeah, he has a shotgun. Oh my god, I am like crying, laughing right now. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Um, so I think that we're we're sort of running out of time here, but hopefully we have enough time to squeeze in like this one of the last questions. And do you have any advice to someone who's wanting to start their own business, whether it be in the industry that you're in or in a different industry? And I know that we talked about the trials and tribulations that people go through when starting a small business, but just some advice that you wish you had when you first started out. Absolutely. Um, what first comes to mind is kind of the model that I, I guess, run my business on. And that is be you, do you, for you. Um, just be a good, genuine, authentic person. Uh, be you, you know, your unique self and be different because that is exactly what will set you and your company apart. Um, just solely being you and trying not to compare yourself to who else is out there. Um, focus on providing a superior experience. And um, I'm a believer that people won't always remember what you say to them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And uh, I've quickly learned that businesses and friendships go hand in hand. And uh, I guess through my junior show career, I'm extremely blessed to have, I guess, like essentially been networking and meeting people without even like trying because now those people are my clients and I hate, I hate the word clients because they're really my friends, but um, just talking to people and getting to know them and being interested in bettering their lives, their operations, or kind of whatever you're doing, um, just providing that good experience for them. Um, if you follow me, you know, I use social media super heavily to network. Um, and I love meeting people on there because at almost like every livestock show lately, I will have someone come up to me and introduce themselves to me and they'll say, Hey, Melissa, you know, I follow you, your dogs are cute. And Hey, and like Jenna said, you know, how's mags like little, I guess, connections like that mean the world. And it makes me feel good that 
I guess people feel like they already know me, even though we've never met in person and that they've had the courage to approach me and that they're not scared to talk to me because I love meeting people being from Maryland and moving to Kansas. I love meeting people from all across the United States. And so, um, I think just networking and making those friendships will do anyone, no matter what you're pursuing a whole lot of good. Um, because again, you can have the highest GPA and the most polished resume, but if you're not a joy to work with, I feel like you will miss out on a ton of opportunities, no matter what you pursue. And, um, that's just kind of my mentality. Um, just being a good, genuine person that makes people feel good. And, um, in my business, I help everyone from the, you know, little 18 year old steer jock starting out his own cattle operation. to the sixth generation Angus breeder who is kind of wanting to freshen up and modify and modernize their look. So, um, like I like what Kelly said in her episode where you need to realize you're not made for everyone and try to find those people who I guess are a good fit and people that you want to serve and, um, kind of want to work with you. Um, and you do that just by being you. And, uh, that's, that's, I guess all of the advice that really comes to mind right now. You, your name should have been like Melissa Gandhi. I feel like you're so influenced. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. No, I'm, I think everything you said is, is so true. And everything that, that we stand for is, I think, I don't even know what I said. I think it was in Kirby's and I'll say it again, but like you can set the world on fire, but like being good to other people and not burning anyone else's world down is so important because. Yes. I love that. Just keep, yeah. Do your thing, stay in your lane, but like be good to people. And I think that you're you're good people. And we are so thankful for you to come on because honestly, this is, I'm not even kidding. I got a DM yesterday on Instagram on the keeper pin page. And they're like, do you want uh, any recommendations? We think you should have Melissa Rimmel Shockey on there. And I was like, well, like she may or may not be next. Oh, you're kidding. (laughs) Somebody literally asked for your, like requested you. Oh my God. That's awesome. (laughs) I I felt like good that like Maddie and I had already like thought ahead. We like beat you to it guys. I was just going to say, Jenna, we did good. We did good. good. Like that. We know what the people want, Maddie. Well, thank you. We are here. Thank you guys for all you do because man, you keep life entertaining and just kind of lay it out all on the line. And uh good thing we don't tuck our jeans into our boots anymore. And uh I wish I wish I had and and I don't I don't condone bullying at all. But they I get so many pictures of people in rock revivals sent to the caper pen like pay like men in rock revivals and stuff or the boot the boots and they're like look at this I thought of you guys and I was like okay don't take pictures of people in public I really don't know how we wore them because number one when I'm in high school my mom's forking out $180 for a pair of jeans that's fucking ridiculous and number two whenever you sit down the gem's glue to your ash cheek and it hurts I don't know how they're comfortable anymore you take your pants off and you have indentions in your butt cheeks yes the, the hearts and the smiley face and the Florida lay whatever the hell it is Frito chip so you know what I'm talking about in your yep. butt cheek. it was awful Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us this week. We totally appreciate it. And we can't wait to hear all of the positive feedback because I know there's going to be a ton. 
<laughs> Thanks, girls. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Are you tired of being ugly? Are you tired of wearing boring clothes? Did you finally throw away your rock revitals? Revivals? Well, head over to the Stock Market Boutique. You will get new jeans. Thank Jesus, okay? And they're flare, so you can't tuck them into your boots, which we're excited about. And then you'll put a cute shirt on, and you'll just be ready to go. That's the Stock Market Boutique. And then you're going to go, and you're going to use the code TKP10, the Keeper Pen 10 abbreviated, obviously. And you're going to get 10% off your order. And then you're going to wear it around. And you're going to tag us in your pictures. And we're going to just hype you up like we always do. And you won't be ugly anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And that's the T, sis. And that's the T.